0: What's going on, man? It's your boy Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 64. Yeah! Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You gotta know what you gotta do like, subscribe, hit the notification button, tell a friend to tell a friend. If this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, Remember, go find three episodes. If you like those three episodes, if you don't like those three episodes, find three more. Listen to those three episodes at least 45 minutes. By the time you see this one, 64 of those things will be out. Put us in the group chat. Put us in the family chat. Just keep listening. Keep us in rotation because we're worth it. And I get it. Um, Oh yeah, but before you go, uh, 15 minutes apiece, because even if you don't like it, because I'm not for everybody, and that's okay. That's okay. But just don't leave without giving me a try, 15 minutes apiece for three episodes. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know why I feel like I'm missing something here, but it's all good. You guys know how I like to get down. Uh, I like to get my motivation at the beginning of my shows, because let's be honest, everybody's not going to be here at the end I'm just not for everybody but here's what I got it, is we're getting to the end of Black History Month I'm gonna jump right in this with a quote uh from the great Frederick Douglass And Frederick simply said if there's no struggle then there's no progress we we live in the microwave age we live in 60 second 90 second TikToks Instagram shorts Twitter shorts and so we get a chance. You know what's famous for this? I love this. I-, I love this, and I'm not. This is not a shot at anyone. But you see more people now getting on the internet, and they'll just show a 30 or 90 second clip of themselves in the gym. Right? They'll show that. They'll show that clip that they're in the gym, and or they'll show all their winning receipts at the casino. Right? They'll show you when the parlay hits. Right? this is this is like the Floyd Mayweather classic they'll show you when the parlay hits they don't show you when that parlay don't hit they don't show you when when they lost a brick they don't show you that they don't Drake bets all the makes all these bets he never shows you when that thing don't go down and so a lot of times we live in this world and, and even the young people you're chasing this 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 thing this glory but you don't want to go through the struggle to get it you just want it right now. I see it so much in our young. I see it so much in our older people, that they've been addicted to this new trend of, you don't have to go through a struggle to get it. And I'm not saying that you gotta. This struggle has to last forever, but there has to be a little bit of work that is put in in order for you to have that essential progress that you're looking for. We want it right now. We 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 want we, we wanna we wanna have an entry level start on Monday and we want to be the CEO by Friday or we're out of here. We want to, we, we want to start the gym progress on Monday, and if we ain't got a six-pack by Friday, I'm done. We, 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 we want right now out of high school, out of college, we want the six, seven-bedroom house. Now some of people get it, and and that's great for them, absolutely phenomenal for them. But for the rest of us, there needs to be a little bit of There not needs to be. It is going to be. It's essential in the process that there's going to be some struggle. And those of us who are able to work through that struggle eventually see the benefits and the progress happen in our favor. So understand that if there's going to be some progression and there's going to be some success, there's going to be some greatness, there is going to be some struggle. Those of us who get through it are those of us who have the opportunity to call ourselves great. Alright, man, let's jump right into this show. Um, I'm gonna start with the combine. The combine is days away. All the owners and the GM and players will show up in Indianapolis, they'll go through their uh their interviews, they'll go through their medical checks, they're gonna go through some will go through on the field, some will just go through some stuff on the field, and some will wait to their pro days. But there is a shift. That is happening right before our eyes. And I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. I just know that it's a thing and that it's happening. And I'm going to try to eloquently piece these things together. And this isn't uncommon to the players that are happening this way. This has happened for years, tens, 20 years. That you'll have certain players that will not go to the combine and perform. I get it. I understand it. Some may be completely healthy. I get those who are unhealthy. They don't want to go out there and put a bad showing. But we've seen at a record pace more so than ever that more of the top prospects are not performing at the combine. This is by choice. This is by agent recommendation. Uh, And you're starting to see more and more of that. There will be quarterbacks who won't go to the combine and throw and do workouts. There's receivers. There's, there are a host of players that will sit out the combine, some even sitting out their pro day. Most notably, Marvin Harris Marvin Harris Jr. Harris, excuse me, Marvin Harrison Jr., the receiver out of Ohio State. And let me be very clear. I am going to mind my mouth when I'm talking about Mr. Marvin Harrison Jr. If you are unfamiliar with his daddy... Marvin Harrison, the great Indianapolis Colts wide receiver. Daddy was one who didn't speak many words, but allegedly was about that action. So I'm going to mind my words because I have figured out this thing that people actually listen to <laughs> what I say. And I've had a couple of viral moments happen in the last couple of months. And the last thing your boy Jay Holly need is for old Papa Harrison to find out I said something negative about his boy, and now he show up in Dallas and he got some words for me. So I'm going to be mindful of my mouth when I speak of Marvin Harrison Jr. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is taking precedent not only not performing at the Combine, but isn't performing at his pro day and... On top of it all, is not going to have an agent. Now I get not having an agent because we are we we are in times now where there used to be in the draft, it used to be the wild, wild west. And let me give you the behind the scenes on that. There are there used to be times where like the number one overall pick would come into the league and he's already had 50, 60, 70 million dollars guaranteed. Guys that come to mind, Jamarcus uh Russell. Uh, quarterback out of Oklahoma, Sam Bradford, guys like that come to mind. And before they have taken an NFL snap, they are already 50 million plus in guarantees. And then the players, the old dog, this is funny, this is funny business. Because what happened was the guys in the National Football League, the old dogs, were hating. And they were like, whoa, 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 here it is. I'm busting my tail and I get it. And I'm working and working and working and working and working. And I ain't got 50 million guaranteed, 60 million guaranteed. But here are these guys coming into the league who have not had a snap. And they got 50 million in the bank no matter what. And again, it was guys like Roy Williams, it was guys like Sam Bradford, Jamarcus Russell, and others who got major paydays being those top 10 picks. And so what it ended up happening is they began to do what we call slots. And if you are the number one overall pick, you can't name your price like you used to. You're slotted off what the number one pick got last year. Like that's how they slot you. So if you're the number one pick, number two pick, you don't get a chance to write your own check. You have to go out there now and kind of fit into this slot. And basically, the language is the same. So if I'm the number one pick from 2024, the price goes up a little bit percentage-wise because you get a new salary cap and so things change. But the language stays the same. So I don't need a lawyer. I'm sorry, I don't need an agent to tell me that I'm going to be, if I'm the number one overall pick, my contract will look very similar to the guy who was the number one overall pick the year before, especially if it's position for position. If it's a quarterback last year, it's a quarterback this year. The contract will look just about the same. So all I really need to do is pay a lawyer hourly to go over the contract to make sure all the language is what I understand and what I want it to be. So you're going to see more guys go without a without an agent because they're saying I don't need to. We're not negotiating. Nothing is being negotiated. I'm slotted. But now, more so than ever, guys aren't performing at the combine and guys aren't performing at their pro days. And here's where I kind of piece it together, where I think this is going to continue going forward. And it's going to start in college. Because a lot of these guys now, Marvin Harrison Jr., and again, I'm going to mind my mouth because I know who his daddy is. Marvin Harrison Jr. was a prolific Receiver at the University of Ohio State, Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. Marvin Harrison Jr. probably made, let's say, two to four million dollars. So, Marvin Harrison, unlike players in the past, is leaving the Ohio State University with the bag. He got four, five, maybe even more millions already in his account. So he's not worried about if a team saying, well, we don't really. He's saying, look at the tape. The tape going to show you I'm the baddest dude out here. And I don't need to go to a pro day. And I don't need to go to a combine. And I don't need to, 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 to do all these other extra things for y'all. Because even if I drop a few spots, I'm walking into the league with $5 million. And, even, and that's a receiver. I told you guys a couple episodes ago, uh, Matt Rule head coach at Nebraska talked about the going rate for starting quarterback in the national, excuse me, in the NCAA right now, 1.5 million. So if you're a starting quarterback, the NIL money is starting at 1.5 million. So if you're a guy who's starting for a couple years, if you're Caleb Williams, if you're Shador, 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 Shador next year when he comes out, Shador will be coming, leaving Colorado with, what do you say, Tay? Six million? Seven million? Right? He just got topped by Caitlin Clark as the most profitable NIL athlete in all of college. Between Apple and Tom Brady and all these other things that he's getting, plus the money that he's actually getting from the NIL deal at Colorado. So Shador... Will leave the university with seven, six, between six to eight million dollars already in his pocket. So if he decides, I'm not throwing at the combine, if he decides, I'm not throwing at pro day, not saying that he is, but if he decides to, he ain't worried about dropping a slot or two. It's just all about now, teams' preference, maybe just wanting to be the number one overall pick. Was Prime number one one, one, overall pick? Was Prime? Check that out. I know Prime went pretty high. I don't know if he was a number one overall pick. But it would be probably cool. Like, you know what? I, I want to go number one like my dad was number one. Fifth overall. Fifth overall pick. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, probably pick one to pick five right now in the league is probably about $6, 7000000 million difference. Maybe a little bit more. Three golfers in front of him. team. Aikman, Barry, Derek Thompson. Yeah, not bad. Not bad to go fifth. Um, So I'm looking at all of these players who are pocketing all of this money from their NIL deals in college, and I'm looking at them saying, we don't need combines and pro days. Now, there are guys, Spencer Rattler, right? There are guys, Michael Penix Jr. There are other guys who are looking at Sam Hartman, Notre Dame quarterback. Now, those guys may come and they may throw and they may say, you know what? I need to go and show myself to be as good as these other guys. Because in in the scouting world, a lot of these guys will look at this situation and go, well, um, there is something to be said about a player, quarterback, receiver, whoever, who comes to the combine and wants to compete. Teams like that. And I'm not saying that guys like Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams don't want to compete, but there is a little kind of like, you know what? I'll put a check by his name that this dude came to the combine was unafraid of what the situation was and came to compete. Now, if you go and show yourself, maybe you, you rise your stock a little bit, but there's also the fact that if you're a quarterback, if you're a receiver, there is no chemistry because you're going in alphabetical order, right? So when you come to the throwing portion of the combine, and also the combine is, is almost like the SAT. It's a very high-pressure test. And some people don't perform well when it comes to testing. Now, if you put them in a the game, they're gamers. But when it comes to the testing part, they may, not, they may be tight and they may run slow. They may, they may be a little bit nervous, and now they're forgetting their steps. There's a, there's a bunch of things that can happen. But when you're throwing or catching or catching and throwing, you're putting in alphabetical order. So you may come up and be Jaden Daniels, who's who reportedly not throwing at the combine. And now, because of who the alphabetical order goes, you may be, you may be throwing to a guy who was invited to the combine who might not be as a good of a receiver. Now your throws are off because this guy is running out a great route. And this is what the scouts are seeing. Now you hope the scouts are being able to differ, differentiate between that. But what ends up happening is the national media gets it, and now everyone starts talking crazy about you. So I, I just see things changing. And the NFL, this this combine has become a money grab for the NFL. It's become a, a, a place where a lot of people um, – gather but they've been able to put it on national tv on their network in the network nfl network which means people have to buy commercials which means people buy sponsors Go at, and when you look at the nfl network they're sponsored there's there's logos up there there's all the different stuff so there's it's a money grab as well don't don't, don't make no don't, don't don't think for one second the nfl is not profitably profiting off of this nfl combine believe you me and it's a four or five days thing where every single day they're looking for viewership. Viewership means commercials. I can sell commercials. Especially now. the, the, the linemen may not get all of the glory because they're linemen. Oh, but folks tuning in for that 40. Folks tuning in for the quarterbacks to throw. Folks tuning in for certain things. So you can leverage that when you got to go out and buy commercials. You say, hey, quarterbacks are throwing. I'm going to do a little bit. Uh, that commercial now that was 250000 now is a half a million or whatever the numbers may be. I'm just giving you ballpark numbers. But it's changing because the players are starting to see more and more that my skills over college is starting to speak for themselves. And now if guys start missing combines and not showing up the combines, the guys that we want to see, because they sometimes elect to do it at their pro day, because the pro day, the player controls. If you ever notice When you see at the NFL combine, coaches control it. They control the throws. They control the routes. They control every single thing that you see at the combine. At the pro day, they don't have any control. They can ask. They can suggest, hey, I want to see you run this route. Hey, can I see you run? Now, a player can say no. But normally, when it comes to quarterbacking, to receiving, you'll see guys come in and they'll say what? Got a script. Here is... Drake may script here is Jaden Daniels' script. Now I'm throwing the receivers who I know I'm more comfortable with those receivers. These are my guys who I play with. Some veteran guys may have come back. You're starting to see more of that now, but, th- but, but players are, are taking more control of their future. And I think a lot of it has to stem from the fact that they're not, they're not walking into the combine as hungry players, Hungry dudes looking, scrapping for an opportunity. Now, Michael Penix is walking into the combine with $3 million in the bank. right? Sam Hartman is walking into the combine with a million and a half in the bank. These guys aren't walking into the combine anymore as these hungry athletes looking for an opportunity to showcase my talent. Shador Sanders in 2025 will walk into the combine, damn near $10 million deep in his pocket. Now, I'm not saying that he's not a hungry player. But it's hard to be hungry when you're sleeping on silk sheets. A boxer said that. I forgot what boxer said that. So guys are saying, I don't need to do that. I got $10 million in the bank. Listen, I'll either do it on my pro day or I'll do it on my individual workouts. That I'll set up and design. But just take note of that. Moving on. um, Sad state of events. Sad, sad state of events. Over the weekend, video emerged of former NFL MVP, Super Bowl appearing, Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick, Cam Newton in a fight not at a bar no nope. uh not at the airport um not at a strip club not at a nightclub not in the streets no cam newton video services of cam newton in a in a in a, a mini brawl at his camp at his 7 on 7 camp. And let me just say this. It was a fight that Cam Newton won. They were trying to jump Cam Newton and Cam Newton what you call the security, the secu- you got ejected. It Was a bouncer. Ejected. The bouncer ejection he had to bounce or reject people fail to realize sometimes I know that we sometimes get on this social media and we 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 got Twitter fingers and we got tough talking fingers and then you're getting real live person like Cam ain't no little dude like Cam is every bit of six, five, six, six, 250, 60, maybe seventy pounds Someone 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 said this is Cam vegan this is vegan Cam imagine, imagine what like steak eating and burger eating Cam would have done to you And there is these guys, three, four, adult men, who are trying to take on Cam Newton, and he is just manhandling them. But it's it's upsetting to me. Because, one, I think y'all think Cam's sweet. Cause he wears the funny hats and he wears the ascots and he wears the his hair looks all crazy and he has the outfits with the grandma sweaters and all that. And I think some people think Cam is sweet. I, I don't know if there's been if there's ever been a quarterback who's accomplished as much as Cam Newton has accomplished. Who gets disrespected as much as Cam Newton does. His opinion gets disrespected. And even Cam, this isn't the first time Cam Newton has been disrespected at a camp that he is throwing. Camp is trying to give back to the youth in the in, in, in the Atlanta metro area and year after year after year these kids and these adults disrespect camp. If I was camp because it's not everybody how to get it. If I was camp, I'm done. I'm done. There's no way I'm going to keep having these opportunities for these seven on seven camps, these opportunities for exposure, these opportunities to get better, to give these kids something to do. To give these kids something to do. And try to change their lives through the game of football. But Cam has to come to these camps and be disrespected by these young people. And Cam has to come to these camps and be disrespected by these adults. Cam better man than me. Cam way better man than me. And I get it. It's not everybody. But the hell with that. Because now you got to remember, Cam is now a father. Uh, I believe he's, a, he, he's soon to be a husband. And, 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 and folks ain't playing in these streets nowadays. Everybody now quick to grab a gun and quick to end somebody's life. We had a situation happen right here in Dallas at a youth football game. The brother of former uh, uh, NFL defensive back Aqib Tlaib, Aqib gets into an argument with another coach at a Pop Warner football game. At a Pop Warner football game. And his brother pulls out a gun, kills a guy. If I'm Cam Newton, I say I'm done. I'm done, because all I try to do is give these kids an opportunity to use the game of football like he did and change their situation. But the problem is, we have an adult problem because adults act like children, and then we have we have adults who don't check these kids and allow these kids to go off and be a uh, uh, rude. And, and and to be uh, uh, disrespectful. If I'm Cam, I'm done. I'm done. There's no way. I'm putting up my time, energy, money, resources. To have these things for these kids. And I got to deal with the disrespect. And now, fear of bodily harm. Thank God nothing happened at this situation. Where someone put out a gun or a knife but we probably weren't too far from it. We see it happen time in and time out. We have an issue in youth sports. We see umpires at little league baseball games get berated and beat up. We see referees at AAU and high school games get berated, get, 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 get accosted, get beat up. And now we see Cam Newton who's as decorated as they come. Heisman Trophy winner, first overall pick, 10 years in National Football League, MVP. At one point in time, there was a two, three-year period was Cam Newton was the most unstoppable player in all of football. Takes his team to the Super Bowl, and y'all treat the man like he's just some bum. Kudos to you, Cam, because I would have said that a long time ago. I would have said, F y'all. Here it is, this black man, is trying to help out these black kids and others, but Atlanta is primarily a black in, in the in the in the inner city primarily where Cam Newton is working at and given his camp is at is black kids and black people. And he's putting in his time, energy, and effort, his resources, his money, his name, and y'all come with the disrespect. I shut it down. I shut it down in a heartbeat. Cause who's to say now? Cause cause these men that tried to handle Cam Newton, they look foolish now. And some of them have come out and they got they they know who is who and all that kind of stuff. They look foolish now. And now some of these men may be prideful because the internet looking at it, looking at, looking at them now as clowns. And now the next 7-on-7, because I think Cam does this a couple times a year. Now the next 7-on-7, they may want to come back and try Cam again. And this time, inflict serious bodily harm on him. That man's a daddy. That man's about to be someone's husband. That man is a son. He is a brother. He's an uncle. Come on, man. This is, this is, this is disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And instead of these adults being about the kids, y'all making it personal like it's y'all. Versus Cam. Newsflash. Newsflash for the adults who think it's them versus Cam. You can't touch Cam. He is one of the most decorated athletes in professional sports. You ain't got more money than him. You ain't been a better athlete than him. You don't have more accolades than him. And actually, you the sucker to even think that because your team may beat his team in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Who the hell cares? Come on, people. You got to be better with this, man. You got to be better with this. If I'm Cam Newton, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the for the rest of the people but those bad apples has spoiled it for the bunch, cause there's no way I'm putting my life on in danger to put on a seven-on-seven camp or whatever camp it was when y'all can't respect me enough to say, "Come on!" And what the hell was the security at? I saw the cops come in late, but this Cam Newton, you should be at his side. I'm done. I, I, I'm done. I, I'm done. This is, it, it's, 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 it's egregious. It, it's upsetting. It's 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 if I'm Cam Newton, I wouldn't give you filthy animals nothing. Here I am putting my time, energy, and effort and my name on stuff. And I come to the camp. I got one camp kid disrespecting me, trying to call me a bum. I got another camp now where people are trying to inflict bodily harm on me. F y'all. F y'all, I'm moving on. I'll go do it somewhere else. F y'all. That's what I would say. My life is far too precious to let some egotistical knuckleheads try to ruin me. Sad. And it's unfortunate for those other kids who actually come there and those parents who raise their kids right to give these kids an opportunity to do something great. It's unfortunate. But I'd say F you if I was Cam. Moving on, uh, former Chiefs Offensive Coordinator, former Commander's Offensive Coordinator, Eric bien takes a job, not a head coaching job, well, slightly. He's the Offensive Coordinator and Associate Head Coach at UCLA. If you remember, UCLA just hired their one-star running back, Deshaun Foster, as their new head coach. It's a great grab for Deshaun uh, 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 Foster. But my question when I hear Eric Bieniemy takes a job in college, mind you, as an offensive coordinator, what are we missing? What are we missing in the story of Eric Bieniemy who cannot for whatever reason find himself a NFL head coaching job? And it's not as if they aren't given head coach. I'm not supposed to say given, right? Guys earned it. But more teams, more ownerships have been more willing to go with guys who did not have experience, young, 30s, early mid-30s, late 30s, early 40s, head coaching positions. I, c- I don't think it's even anymore about being black or white. Gerard Mayo, head coach. Canales, head coach. We saw last year uh 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 D'Amico Ryans, head coach, Antonio Pierce, head coach. So they're hiring black head coaches with little to no experience. And Eric Bienname is a guy who comes from the, the Andy Reid tree, and that's weird because guys from like the McVay tree. It's like if you if you if if McVeigh farted and you sniffed his fart, they're like, oh, we're hiring that guy. And 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 and, and Kyle Shanahan, if 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 Kyle Shanahan burped and you smell we're hiring that guy. And it's like Andy Reid got a damn good tree, too. Eric Bienamy comes with two Super Bowls. Whether or not he called the plays on game day or not, he was in the process of planning them, designing them. Players raved about how much they loved him in Kansas City. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying, and maybe you guys have an answer more than me. Leave it in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Leave the comments on the YouTube. But I'm trying to figure out what... What are we missing? Did, 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 did Eric Bieniemy sleep with somebody old lady? I, I, is he interviewing that bad? I'm sure the guy knows how to run an offense, design plays. You can't tell me that these other guys who are just getting starting who were just getting starting spots, they're gonna learn on the job too. Antonio Pierce is going to learn on the job. Gerard Mayo is going to learn on the job. All these first-year coaches are learning on the job. Yeah, they're going to come in, and, and, and they're going to be able to reach back to the guys that they came from, the coaches that they came from, and be able to say, all right, what should I do right here? How, how should I play this? They don't know. They never had a head coaching job. I remember famously when, 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 when uh, God, who was, who was the coach? He used to be the Bengals wide receiver coach. Um, shoot. He ended up going to, like, grambling as a head coach. But he had got a head coaching job. And I remember him, they were doing hard knocks. And and he remember talking about, he goes, you know, coaches are saying that guys need to practice. No, Hugh, Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Remember Hugh Jackson saying he's standing in front of the meeting room and all of his assistants are like, oh, this guy needs to practice. Da, 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 da. And he was like, oh, he's he's resting. He goes, I, I, know, I know you guys. I know I sat in your seats before. And you guys want guys to practice because they're in your position and you want those guys out there, da-da-da-da-da. He says, but it, it falls back on me. If that guy's not available on Sunday, it falls back on me. So all of these guys who don't have, they're going to learn on the job. So I, I, I'm, I, I don't I don't know what's happening with Eric i I'm sure he's qualified. He's been around the league. He's played in the league. He's been around the league. He's been under Andy Reid for years. He's won Super Bowls. He's coached Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, and others. I'm sure he understands and knows what the hell that goes on a day in the day. I, I'm sure he understands how to put a practice plan together, how they put a offseason together, and it. And what he does not know, hey Andy, I got a question. You think Andy's not gonna take his call? I. I so I, I mean, he got a job at UCLA. I, I don't know, you know. Great. That's a great hire for Deshaun. But there's something that we're missing. And I'm, I'm, I, we need to do like a, a Tom Rinaldi. We need to do like a Diane Sawyer. 60-minute. We need a, a deep dive to what the hell is happening because no one has had an answer. No one has had an answer on why. First it was race. Then it was this. Then it was that. I don't know. I damn sure would like to know though. that for sure. I think he's a good coach. I do. I think he's a good coach. but we'll see. But shout out to, to Eric Ben me uh, at, at UCLA. The NFL PA is looking to revamp the offseason. and I, I, I don't know if I'm mad at this. I, I think I actually I, I like this. And it's not official yet, but they're preliminary talks about the NFLPA is saying, we need to find a way. And, and I want to kind of give you a timeline of what that looks like. They're saying, the NFLPA is saying, we want to find a way where we can lessen the time. Now, they're not taking away time. They're just saying, because what we have is we have guys beginning to ramp up OTAs, mini camps, voluntary mini camps, all that kind of stuff. And you get ramped up. And then there's a six-week block before you start training camp. Now, you have those players of the world who continue to work out and stay in shape and, and, and continue that, 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 that pace. A lot of them? <laughs> they sit on the fat part of their butt, especially the veterans, and they use those first couple of weeks to work themselves back in shape. Now, what, what does that cause? Knee injuries, soft tissue injuries, guys aren't able to practice, so the NFLPA is saying, hey, let, 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 let's look at this here and see if we can't possibly move things around a little bit. Because in, 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 uh, in late May is when we start organized team activities, OTAs, right? Late May to early June. And then we take off that beginning of June and we don't see the players again until August, so they're mid-August, and if you have the one, uh, if you're the two, two, one of the two teams that play in the, the 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 preseason Hall of Fame game, you get there a week earlier. Or if you're a team that has a new head coaches, all that kind of stuff. But their NFL PA is saying let's let's back that up a little bit. Let, let, let's let's give more recovery at the end of the season. Still have the combine and pro days and all that kind of stuff. But let's back up OTAs a little, a couple of weeks, and now let's only have maybe three or four weeks between the end of organized team activities and the beginning of training camp. Because now, guys, as you begin to ramp up, they stay more in the ramp-up phase, and their bodies stay more adjusted, and now they can get in the training camp and perform better and potentially see less injuries. Guys sitting out less because of hamstrings and knees and uh, all that kind of other stuff. I think I like that. It gives you more time to recover at the end of the season, especially if you're teams that play in February. It gives you a little bit more time. If you're a Cowboy fan, don't worry about it. You don't really see February a lot, so you already got a month to prepare. <laughs> no, let me stop. That's that's. I'm sorry. I'm I'm jaded. I'm a I, I'm a Cowboy. I'm jaded. Sorry. Um, but I'm not mad at it. If you're a Texas Rangers fan, they need some more time off. Texas Rangers fan, they go, they go, they go, they're gonna ride this, they're gonna ride this World Series for a long time. It's been a while. It's been more than a while. It's never happened. So they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're tired. We, we played until the late late stages of the season for the first time ever. Do you agree? Do you get a five-year grace period if you win a ship? Five? Five no. You get a three. You get three. You get three Five years is a lot. You get three years. You win a chip, you get three years, and you we better be seeing you back in that chip again. Or it's time to clean house. But I like this from the from the from the NFL. PA. Looking to revamp this thing. I think this may help. Cause I can tell you for a fact, there's a lot of dudes who I play with, fat boys and others, who boy, they come in the camp and they come in the camp. Heavy, heavy. Ooh, and they give you—they give you weight. You're supposed to report at. Guys come in like, well, with the season ain't start. They start finding you during the season. But they use those weeks to, to work themselves. What? Listen, when you see guys, in, this is how you, you want to know the guys who are overweight, and out of shape. I'm gonna give y'all a little clue. Right? You ready? Lock in. When you look at training camp, I don't care what team you cheer for. When you look at training camp. And you see guys who got those hoodies, those sweat jackets, who got who who got got, got sweatshirts and, 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 and sweatpants on that practice, if you see those guys, fat, out of shape. Those are the guys who are working themselves back into shape after being off six weeks. So look for that's a telltale sign. The guys who got those sweat jackets on and those sweatpants. They fatten out of shape, and they try to lose pounds at training camp. They're using those first couple weeks at training camp to get back in shape. You're welcome. Uh, moving on to uh, to college basketball. There's two things I want to talk about in college basketball. One, I don't know if we can. I don't know if there's been a moment in time when we've been able to say this. But right now, in the year of 2024. Women's college basketball has more name worthy stars, and I believe attract more attention right now than the men. And I took my bias and set it to the side because I'm a college college basketball fan lover. Of course, my go heel, so I can name every Tar Heel. I can name a bunch of guys in the ACC. I know that we, I can name teams, right? I can name, oh, Houston's really good, and Baylor's good, and, and Texas is good, and, and Creighton is good, and UConn is good. I can name I can name teams, can't name players. I cannot name players in the men's college basketball right now. There aren't any. There there aren't any Z- 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 John Morants. There aren't any Zion Williams. There aren't any Kyries. There aren't any any, any Raymond Phelps. There aren't any of those prolific names that we've heard of in the past and, and we've looked forward to their ascension to the to the NBA. I'm not saying that there won't be players. But you gotta be, you gotta be a, I'm talking about you gotta be a downright bona fide locked in. You gotta be, you gotta be damn near uh uh, uh, uh Uh, uh, NCAA men's basketball savant to name players and let's be honest in college basketball yeah you, you have your universities and you have your program that you root for but it's always a player driven thing that's where the ratings come from when Zion was at Duke I swear to God Duke was on TV every other day every game Duke was on TV Every single game. And now they get their occasional Carolina games and da 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 But it's no it's noteworthy. But you look at college, women's college basketball. Woo! The notable names are there. Of course, Caitlin Clark. USC. Juju Watkins. The whole South Carolina women's basketball team. And it's been that way for a couple years. You think about Paige, uh, Paige Beckers at UConn. You think about Angel Reese. And company, the Bayou Barbie. And there's players all, Indiana and Utah. I mean, there's notable players all across women's college basketball that we're talking about that have brought more eyes and viewership. I sit down and I look forward to some of these games. And I'm going to look forward to how the women's bracket plays out so when I can see Iowa play UConn or UConn play LSU or or, or South Carolina playing whoever they're going to play. Women's college basketball, and I do not know how long this is going to last. I am talking in the present. I may not be here tomorrow. But present day right now, kudos to women's – and I, I, I pray that this translates to the WNBA. These names, these faces, it translates, and you go and you add that to those faces of the WNBA. When you go and you can say an Angel Wilson – and you can go with Scott, uh, 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 Scott Diggins. And you can go and, and, and name those other players. Uh, uh, who was in the 3.2 kind of? Uh, uh, Sabrina Inescu. And, and, and I think Del Don's sitting out this year. But there's other players in the WNBA that you part. All these names are now coming together. It's, it's much more watchable now because we know the names. So congrats to the women's college basketball. And I pray that this translates over into men's basketball. More thing is happening in college basketball that I want to address court storming. Court storming has become an issue. We just saw this past weekend uh, Duke center, Philip Kowski, uh, they lost to Wake Forest. Wake Forest stormed the court as Philip Filip, Kowski is leaving the court, runs into a fan, injures his knee, has to be carted off the court. Now, Jay Billis comes out and he says, I don't know how much this is going to be able to work. He said, you want to stop court storming? He says, if you say don't rush to court and those kids rush to court, detain them all. Now, now Jay, who is far smarter than I am, uh, lawyer, law degree. Jay Billis is a smart guy. And my thing is this. Jay. If you can't stop these kids from coming on the court, how in the good hell are you going to stop them from leaving the court? So you ain't detaining them. You can't stop them from coming on. You can't stop them from leaving. They're going to run. And then now what happens? Now they're, they're running frantically because they're, they want to get away from, a de, from, from being detained or a citation because they're poor college kids. They don't want to have to be a $250 fine. Now they're stampeding over people running back up the steps and out the exits. I think you cause more bodily harm. I think we there are some that have sanctions, maybe that like if you know the ACC is the only league that doesn't have a sanction for basketball. But others have 25,000 My thing is this. If you are a ranked opponent, especially a highly ranked opponent, if you're Duke, North Carolina, if you're UConn, if you're if you're one of those type of opponents, and you're facing an opponent on the road, and there may be potential of you winning this game, even if not, if you're one of those opponents, if you're a top ten, top fifteen opponent, and you're going on the road, those road teams should be mandatory. Me, not not those yellow and green shirts that Grant. You know what's called? They got they got the meme with a guy. He's working security, and they're like he's like this. He's like patting down with like he's, he's like he's like looking away. Not those guys. Not Grandpa. You paying eight dollars and ten dollars to, to do security. Not those guys. Not them guys. You gotta go go get Cam Newton. You see Cam Newton? Cam Newton don't four five. Go get go hire Cam. Cam ain't doing nothing. Go hire Cam. <laughs> go hire a bunch of dudes like Cam. But no, seriously, go hire. You should, it should be mandatory that you hire real security police. And you have those police on that line. That if this game is tight and coming down to the. Now, if you're down 20 points, yeah, y'all can start. Y'all, y'all can go. Okay, yeah, they, 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 But who's roping it off? Grandpa's roping it off. Oka Earl, who was who a Vietnam vet, and I'm not, I'm not cracking jokes about the Vietnam vet, but he's a Vietnam vet from 76. He's 115 years old. He's he doing this because he want to get out of the house. They pay $10 an hour. You pay me $10 an hour. I'm going to drop the rope. <laughs> I'm not. $10 an hour. Dropping the rope. So I, I don't. I, the, the answer to that is hire more security. Hire more security. That's my answer to that. And I'm going to end on this last note. Because this one was near and dear to my heart. Uh, st- Cool story. Coming out of golf. Ah. First golf segment of the show. 64 shows until I got to golf. Uh. Jake Knapp, probably never heard of Jake Knapp before, and that's okay. Jake Knapp, let me pull up the article right quick. Pretty cool story. Uh, Jake Knapp is a golfer, PGA golfer. Well, Jake Knapp went through a little bit of a hard time. Jake Knapp ran out of money. This, this, This is near and dear to me. Jake ran out of money while trying to qualify for the PGA Tour. NCAA teams, you should have hired Jake. Uh, Jake, while he was trying to raise, he was trying he ran out of money, while he was trying to get money, Jake spent nine months working as a bouncer at a nightclub to keep his dream alive. The NCAA should have hired Jake. Wake Forest should have hired Jake. Now, two years later, Jake has just won the PGA Tours Mexico Open taking home a whopping $1.5 million. In addition to him winning this money, Jake winning a PGA tour event also qualifies him for the masters. If you do nothing else to be able to say, I went and played in the Masters as a pro golfer, that's, that's legendary stuff. That's, that's bucket list stuff for golfers. A that's a win. That's Because w- even if you finish like 10th at the, at the PGA, 12th, 20th at the PGA, you still leave home with a bag. And I go home with all the memorabilia and say, I played at Augusta. People would give two kidneys, an arm, a nostril, and a toe. To step foot on Augusta, but to play the Masters, uh, and and two of the best sponsors that he had when he won the Mexico Tour on his right sleeve, on his left sleeve, Mexico. Mexico Open, excuse me, on his left sleeve, he had a vape company, Coastal Clouds, and on his right sleeve, he had the An- Anaheim Duck logo. The team president is a member. At his home club, and has sponsored him for several years. So shout out to Jake Knapp. I wish nothing but immense success to you. I love a good feel-good story. I love a good story talked about never giving up on your dreams. You talk. What did I say earlier? I like, your story. like my story. <laughs> like my. I work security. I I tell you right now, I ain't too proud to work nothing. I ain't no pride in me. If it means I gotta provide for me and mine, I'll do security again. I don't give a damn what the internet say. Y'all gonna try to clown people to go on and make a living. Y'all some fools. Go make that living, men. Stop letting the internet tell you, oh, because you make $18, 19 22 $25, $27, that you, you less than. Hell no. You go do what you got to do to support you and yours. If you got a family that you need to go and support, and right now $18 an hour and all you can get, damn it, go get that $18 an hour. If it means being a cook at Chipotle, if it means working security, if it means being a nightclub bouncer, whatever the hell it means, go do what you got to do. Too many people on the internet want to tell you, oh, it's less standard, and the women want to tell you if you make 50 grand or less, I almost called them a word. Those, Those women ain't for you. Those women ain't for you. Swallow your pride. And go support your family. Go and support yourself. Until you can get to the place that you, that's the struggle. That is the struggle in the process. You might have to work overnight for $22 an hour. While you getting your CDLs. While you putting money away to go buy your truck or to start your business. Don't let folks on in the internet tell you that that ain't, that, that, that ain't worthy. The hell with them. Yo race ain't they race. They race ain't your race. So shout out to Jake Knapp who said, listen, I ran out of money, but my dream is still alive. I got bills. Probably got a family. I'm going to go work as a nightclub bouncer to put some money away so I can get back on tour. Golf expensive. (laughs) And you see him go through the struggle And go and win the Mexico Open. He's going to bring home probably about 700 something, 800 something thousand dollars. After taxes. If he was living off a bouncer salary, 700, 800 K. Pay back some of the debt he probably got himself into. Pay some things off, pay a house off, whatever it may be. Get him to get a decent car. Pay that debt off first though. Pay them taxes, pay that debt off yeah, man it's too far too often we let people tell us oh i couldn't i couldn't never work for 20 man please do what you got to do to take care of you and yours the hell what other folks got to say they want to live this life on the internet and all that nah Nope. Nope. do what you gotta do shout out to you jake that's a heartwarming story. I feel you. I work security 11 at night to 7 in the morning. I work from T-Mobile. I trained from seven 730 to nine 730 to 930. I worked from 7, 11 at night to 7 in the morning. I trained from 730 to 930. I worked at T-Mobile in the middle of the mall from 10 to 3. Every single day, I was broke. But I did what I had to do for me and mine. Until my number was called. And boy, when my number was called. Y'all know the rest. That's all I got for you, man. Remember, uh, it, it, it's it's there's no progress without struggle. Continue to go get it. Appreciate you guys for listening, man. Um, man, that touched me, man. That touched me. That touched me. I, I, that 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 touched me, man, because I, I I lived that all too, all too much, and I, I hate that we live in a world now. Where people try to down somebody A man Especially men They try to down a man Because he's going out there Trying to provide That bothers me That bothers me That bothers me man Alright man Y'all get up out of here I love you guys man Continue to do what you gotta do man Remember there is no There is no progress without struggle I'm out of here Eliminate the contingencies I'm out